welcome to the fifth episode of the SBK Saturday Night Selections, a podcast where we look at the American racing on Saturday night and also the UK action on Saturday evening. We'll try and find winners at both sides of the pond. Myself and Tom Collins here pretty much every single week for SBK. And it's been been up and down so far, Tom, but UK-wise, we're, we're doing okay with, uh, with winners. How are you doing? Yeah, we're dominating on the UK front. You had a nice winner on Saturday again, uh, the Clive Cox trained runner at uh, Salisbury. But unfortunately, we couldn't bring up that US winner. Obviously, the race that we previewed in great depth, the fact that Horsey was taking out, taken out is not ideal. Um, I thought we had the winner in the bag with Breeze Easy at a decent price, but Shardy Party's just pit my selection close to home. Have we done a podcast yet where we haven't had the race completely changed two hours after recording? No, it's literally, and the thing is, it's probably going to continue this week as well, because the weather at Belmont yesterday, obviously we're recording Friday morning, um, the weather on Thursday was horrific, there's rain forecasts uh, throughout today, there's a bit of a break, but there's still rain forecasts, so this race we're about to cover later in the podcast, obviously a turf event, if they have any more rain, this could be washed off the turf, onto the dirt, we'll have a completely different race, but hopefully we'll cover it from both uh, perspectives, whether it's on turf or goes to the dirt. Yeah, the Pennine Ridge is what we'll be talking about a little bit uh, later on. But uh, this podcast available on all major platforms. So wherever you get your podcasts, uh, we are there and you can find the SPK Saturday Night Selections, obviously on YouTube as well. Uh, leave a like on the video, comment below, uh, whatever you want to do. Just don't do anything negative. We, we're not about that. We, we don't like that sort of stuff. So just just the good stuff. Uh, we'll we'll touch on last week. We, we briefly mentioned the Soaring Softly uh, stakes in the, the intro. Um, Horty was taken out pretty much four hours after recording the podcast which was a key part of the, the race uh Derry Nan my selection was uh your selection Breeze Easy ran a ran a cracker so we'll start there we'll start on the up uh Breeze Easy just going down second to uh, to Charlie Party yeah I thought she ran a really good race Javier Castellano was aggressive from the inside post I love the position he got her in and as they swung for home I thought she was the most likely winner then Irad loomed on the outside and the eventual winner, Charlie Party for Wes Ward. Before we touch more on Breeze Easy, I think it's great to see that Philly take another step forward from a Keenan victory. She remains unbeaten two out of two. They did hint that they were coming across from the, for the Commonwealth Cup. I don't know if that's still the plan. Um, I would probably say it's not. I think they'll probably wait for Saratoga, but I haven't seen any confirmation either way. I don't know if you have. Um, but back to Breeze Easy. <laughs> Irad has angled Charlie Party in, Luke, and I'm not happy about this because I was on Sky on Saturday and I kind of said it um, as my instant review of the race. I think Breeze Easy was the best filly in that race. Charlie Party had better acceleration coming around the bend. She had track position. Irad did his classic little herding intimidation to the inside. Great rider, I have to say, but he loves to uh, bend the rules slightly in New York and he gets away with it. There wasn't even a steward's inquiry, which was... Um, pretty shocking. I didn't I didn't necessarily thought the results should be changed, but at least a steward's inquiry to look into the race riding. Breeze Easy ran a great race in second. She started re-rallying in the closing stages when switched out wide. She's a horse to keep on side. That was just her first run in the US with Christophe Clement, and she'll definitely take a leap forward. Have you got any more toys to throw out the pram or are you, are you, are you out now? Are you? <laughs> uh, I'm just about recovered, I think. Uh, <laughs> a little bit sour, but um, it's a great rider. The, the filly that won party parties a really talented horse. Um, it's just because we've got a nice price on Breeze Easy that I'm a bit, bit sour and tender right now. Yeah, Tom was on Sky uh, last uh, Saturday, by the way. If you've got that recording or, or have access <laughs> to that, um, you, you'll find Tom being very professional. There'll be a vein just about here with, with, with a bit of anger, but uh, very professional on the uh, uh, the whole. Of the others, uh, Derry Nana, I was a bit disappointed, uh, must be said. They, they tried to ride Derry Nana a little bit closer to the pace, which 
it was interesting, but I, I kind of get it because we were saying in the, the build-up to the race, there wasn't a great deal of pace on. Yeah, there wasn't much pace and Wish You Well, who I thought would be the most likely pace setter, was also taken out as well as Forty. So, I mean, what pace we thought there was, uh, um, that just decreased when, when Wish You Well was taken out. Derry Nam, as you say, was ridden more aggressively. She was second or third round in the first bend. I don't think she stays this trip. I think she's better suited to five and a half furlongs. Uh, maybe she does actually stay seven, but she's better suited to picking up a pace collapse rather than being ridden prominently. Um, on, on the other hand, the fourth home filly, Wonka, she needs the longer trip, as we said on the podcast. She stayed on really nicely close to home and she's one to follow when she stepped up to an extended mile again. Yeah, I want to say if you want to take one from the race, it probably would be Wonka, but I want to take about three or four of these uh, from the race. Uh, probably the first four. Yeah, about the first four, I'd, I'd say, in uh, in the running. But uh, we, we said about on the podcast, obviously, we rec- record it nice and early to get it out, get it edited. But every time the race changes and it's it doesn't always happen like that in America. If you're new to American racing, it doesn't always happen. But the Kentucky Derby, uh, we had Ethereal Road taken out. Rich Strike comes in, the horse that we didn't talk about, the, the first reserve. Uh, he manages to, to win. We've had in your beers race, the Man of War. Uh, so, so high. So high. Um, he came out, was the only pace angle in the race. The race suddenly changed straight after. I'm not making excuses for us, Tom, but <laughs> we, are, we are being pretty unlucky here. <laughs> Yeah, we're not getting the rub of the green with these pace uh, race setups, sorry, whether pace horse comes out, whether a race changes complexion due to the weather, whether we get a reserve coming into one of the biggest races of the year. Um, as I say, this week could be a, uh, very interesting with one main track only entrant. Keep an eye on the weather in Belmont. Keep an eye on Twitter. If you have Twitter, um, the Naira, N-Y-R-A Twitter account, they'll tell you whether the race is supposed to be on the turf or off the turf on Saturday. You need to look at that because this race could completely change complexion if they wheel this off the grass and put it on the dirt. Yeah, absolutely so. And that is a a live possibility as well. Again, I was on the sky last night and right towards the end of the card at Belmont, it was absolutely bucketing it down. It's meant to rain again, I believe, on Saturday uh, for a part of the the, the day at least. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll find out probably about a minute after we finish recording this podcast. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll start with the runner by runner, as we do every single week for the feature race over in America. The Pennine Ridge is the, uh, the feature uh, that we're going to be talking about uh, today. Only seven going to post, potentially at seven anyway. I, I do expect one or two of these to come out, I, I must say. But we'll start with the one that will be uh, my horse to talk about, uh, Gilded Age, who, as Tom mentioned, is the only main track uh, uh, only entrant in this uh, race. Gilded Age would have a chance if they did switch the, the, the race to dirt. Did manage to run in the UAE Derby last time. It was a bit of a no-show there. Had some okay form building into that uh, over in America, but it's hard to talk about Gilded Age before we know what's going to go on, Tom. Yeah, exactly. Um, look, he's not in the field if this is on turf, but if it's on dirt, definitely uh, give him a second look. Horse number two will be in the field if this is on turf, and that is Daunt. He's your outsider in the field on the morning line. He's 15 to 1. Broke his maiden at Belmont in September, but just failed to trouble the judge in his subsequent outings. Finished behind Napoleonic War, a horse I'll come to next um, last time out, and there's no reason to see why he'll reverse that form. Uh, limited uh, liability is the uh, uh, the three horse here. Managed to win at Keeneland last time around. Impressive coming from uh, last to first that day. I think that was a bit of a step forward uh, from what we've seen. But so far, has been very, very impressive for Shug McGee. Uh, Jose Ortiz uh, taking the uh, the rides. And so I would have a, a slight chance with uh, limited uh, liability, but I do prefer others. 
Yes, he's improving, and so is number four, Napoleon at War, the horse I've just touched on. He's a son of Warfront. He's two out of three in his career. His sole defeat came when he had an awful trip at Keeneland. He was the best horse in that race, had to switch six wide off the, off the bend in a six-field race, finished well for fourth, made amends last time when we both fancied him. He needs to take a step forward. This is a much tougher task, but he's three to one, and he represents Chad Brown. Elisa is uh, horse number five, a horse we haven't seen in America just yet. But you go back and watch that that run of his back over in France, albeit it was on the all-weather. My word, was that impressive. He came from a long way back. He showed an awesome turn of foot. I wonder if the ground might just go against him a little bit. With that turn of foot, it might just be stunted a little bit if the ground is towards the softer side. But ability-wise, Tom, I think Elisa is, is bang there. Yeah, he definitely is. Number six is Emmanuel. He might be the only horse actually that's guaranteed to run if this race is on turf or on dirt. Um, he's a, a horse that's run all four times on dirt so far. This is his first try at the grass. Um, but if you look at his pedigree, he's by more than ready out of a dam that won on grass. This should be ideal for him. He's worked nicely, represents Todd Pletcher, five to two, and could be the lone speed in this race. Yeah, absolutely. He's the key part of the race, uh, whatever uh, surface we, we run on. Uh, the seven horse and final horse in the, the lineup is Unanimous Consent, who uh, is unbeaten in three starts so far. Really impressive last time around in a good race at Aqueduct. It hasn't actually ran at the same track more than once yet, and that's not going to continue here. as raced at Monmouth, Tampa Bay, Aqueduct, and now we'll race at uh, Belmont. But this is the best horse in the other uh, races, whether the setup is okay uh, for uh, Unanimous uh, Consent. And we'll start the overall preview, Tom, with Unanimous Consent because he is the morning line favourite at, uh, at 8-5. to five. So impressive last time around at Aqueduct. Came from a fair way back. I think you actually texted me after the race saying that's a, a really good horse, but it was a very good race as well. Yeah, I, I did text you. That's very good memory, Luke. I'm impressed. Um, yes, it was a good race. It was a nice three-year-old event. Chancellor was in there, Fort Washington. Horses that had shown a decent level of form without being superstars. Unanimous consent looked like he was in serious trouble as they ran, in, uh, ran at the bend for home. But that's because the pace is quickening into the race. He doesn't have instant acceleration, but what he does have is a wicked kick after he gets into gear. He got into sixth gear and he scooted away from that field. He's three from three, arguably the most talented horse in this race, could make up into a grade one contender. He deserves to be favourite. I'm not 100% sure that I want to play him with this pace setup, but I can certainly see the case for him. Yeah, I think he's the best horse long term in this. Whether this race suits, I'm not sure. You, you could easily have sort of of a, I don't know, seven to four chance or whatever. I'm not, I'm not sure what price is going to be that is a little bit unlucky. You, you sort of sit there cursing yourself at a touch. We'll mention Emmanuel because this is the pace angle, regardless of, of I think, where the, the race goes, turf or dirt. As you say, I think Emmanuel will be running. And importantly, he is the one that's going to set the race up for the, the others. Yeah, he's the only speed in this race of what we know so far, unless another horse decides to, well, connections of another horse decide to completely revert on tactics. Um, if you look at the other runners, Dawn is a hold-up performer, Napoleon at Wolf will sit behind the speed. Limited liability is a closer. Unanimous consent a closer. Elazar, well, we don't really know. Um, only had one start in France, but came from last to first. So you'd imagine Emmanuel's the only pace in this race. That will clearly suit him. He's instantly switched to turf after four dirt starts. Now, he's been running in a couple of Kentucky Derby preps, so he's got a high level of form. Whether he handle the turf as well as he does the dirt, I think he will, but the fact that it's going to be, you know, rain softened ground isn't going to suit Emmanuel. Um, I'm still going to stick with him in this race. He's going to be my selection because I think he's going to get the jump on this field. As I say, the pedigree screams turf. Todd Pletcher wouldn't just send him on the grass if he didn't think he was, wasn't going to handle it. But if this was switched to dirt, I think I'd be even more confident in his chance, Luke. Yeah, I'd agree with uh, with that. He's a horse that is, is hard to weigh up for myself, but I think at the prices, 
well, if he's anywhere near the morning line price, I'd be a little bit more tentative, but we'll see what sort of price he actually is over over here. Napoleonic War is a horse that we both mentioned. Um, I I don't want to be harsh, but I was a little underwhelmed with Napoleonic War last time around in a sense that turning five, you're like, this is going to win by five. Yeah. And then it came up size the eventual second. You're thinking, all right, go on then. Go on. Yeah. I mean, Come 100%. On. We, we it, expected a little bit more, didn't we? Yeah, it, it, we got from the sort of like, well, go and win the race to, oh my God, go and win the race. And he, he just about got it in a photo. But you, you were thinking top of the home straight, this is going to be really impressive. And then it was kind of, well, all right, then he got the job done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, first time up at Tampa, he showed brilliant acceleration. Then, as I mentioned earlier, in the runner by runner, in the Transylvania Stakes, he had a terrible trip and he scooted home late down the outside on a good track. There was rain that day. So bearing in mind, there's going to be rain this weekend as well. He could be a player because of that. But last time, he looked like he should have won by four lengths, as you said, but he only won by a nose and got up literally on the wire, head down on the line. I was also a little bit underwhelmed with that effort. I think he's a good horse. I think he's improving. But if you don't have a wicked kick in this race, I feel like it's going to be really difficult for him to win. Not only is he going to have to run down Emmanuel, who's a real highly talented horse, but he's also going to have to hold off the deep closers, limited liability, unanimous consent, who have better acceleration judged on what we saw last time. I think Napoleonic War is in a different, uh, difficult spot here. I'd be surprised if he could win this race. I do think he'll be banged there at the finish, especially if they stay on turf and loads more rain comes because he'll handle that deep, deeper surface. But I just will be surprised if he's good enough to win at this level. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Before the last race, I'd have said, yeah, this race would be something that would be well on the agenda. But I, I don't know. I, I want to see a bit more from him uh, before I side with him in a race like this. Uh, Elizar is the horse that I will be tentatively plucking for, uh, for Christophe Clement. If Elizar was trained by Chad Brown, this was probably well, probably a favourite in, in this or at the very least a second favourite. But Christophe Clement, no bad thing whatsoever. Uh, first time shipper over to the States. Well, we saw last week, didn't we, in Breeze Easy, that Christophe Clement can get his horses ready first time up. And it's a very impressive first time in, in France. I really love the acceleration. Actually, he won by, I don't know, what was it, six or seven lengths, but it could have been double that. He was eased down, instant acceleration, past the whole field. Yes, it wasn't a great, uh, great group. The second's been beaten in handicap company since. This is a big step up in class. But the way he moved through that race was so impressive. And you can only beat what's against you. People say, you know, this opposition wasn't as good. He's got loads to prove. He does have something proof in here but he's won by a margin you put a group one horse against handicappers they still win by a margin you don't have to say oh well you know the level of opposition wasn't good it's just the visuals that this horse uh, produced that day very impressive i don't know where he's going to sit in this race i think that he's the the angle in here that i'm not too sure about whether he'll be last early whether he'll be third behind napoleonic war and emmanuel you can make a case for both but uh, wherever he sits if he does run and this is, remains on turf then he's a big player in here yeah you mentioned that race at shanti might not be against the best of horses there, there are three winners come out of that and also a two-time winner as well so it's not as if we're talking about horses that have done absolutely nothing since then however obviously this is a, a bit of a step up works have been okay for elizar as well over in, in america nothing sparkling but they've been they've been all right they've been what you kind of want to see and expect to see um i hope they do ride elise are a little bit different from what they they did over in in france i mean france he was tailed off three lengths back of the field and just waited with and and then he, he showed a fantastic turn of foot if he does that here problems uh, for elisa but sitting midfield i think that would would suit him best especially the way that the race is gonna is going to pan out uh elisa will be the one that i just about side with any mention from yourself tom with limited liability daunt or gilded age 
Um, Gilded Age, obviously, real player if this is switched to the dirt. Represents Bill Marty, ran third behind early voting um, on, on the dirt. So he's going to be well suited by the track if this is uh, moved to the main track and taken off the turf. Obviously, a non-run if this stays on the turf. Daunt, not good enough, in my opinion. Doesn't have the tactical speed to get in an ideal position and doesn't have the kick of the likes of unanimous consent. Um, limited liability. Very impressive last time at Keeneland. I think he gets he needs to get rolling in his races. I don't think he's got instant acceleration, but he's a real grinder. If this race somehow turns into some sort of pace uh, speed race up front and it's set up for a closer who doesn't necessarily have the best kick, he's the horse. But look, I think there are better deep closers in this race. I think there's a better pace set up for, for the front runners. So I'd be looking elsewhere. And just to mention, lastly, um, on the works, you said Elazar. Elazar's works are okay. They definitely are. Christophe Clement never asked for maximum effort in the works. But I just want to talk about Emmanuel's works briefly. Now, the figures don't look incredible, like how quickly he's been running recently on the turf, but he's been working with two real high-class horses, Colonel Liam being one, obviously probably Todd Pletcher's best turf horse um, that he's got at the moment, and Annapolis being the other, who's going to be favourite for the Penn Mile. So the fact that he's been keeping that company in his works, obviously you can see works on xbtv.com if you want to have a look at who these horses are working with. The fact he's been keeping that company suggests Todd Pletcher thinks this horse is going to be you know, dramatically improved for the step um, to turf rather than sticking on dirt. And we've already seen his high level of form um, on the artificial surface. So I think that's a major tick in his box. Yeah, if you want to see just the, the times, of, by the way, of the works, go on to, I, I, well, I don't know about you, Tom, but I use Equibase yeah. um, for, for that. You just have, to, just have to make an account. There are aspects of Equibase that you can pay for, but I just... The, the free part of things and it's it's all okay uh, you get the, the times every single piece of work that horse has done in the last i think six months it is then uh, you, you find that out you find out what position they were th of workers on the day uh, at that trip and, and also you get to find out the other workers as uh, well uh, so it, it is a, a very good tool and it does help out massively with our um with our american analysis we got to spend a bit more time on that race because uk wise selections are Slim, Thomas. <laughs> it's not the best of, of evening uh, racing in the, the UK, but you've got one, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's terrible. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. It's really not good quality. Obviously, there's fantastic race in Epsom in the afternoon, so we can, uh, you know, give this a, li a little bit of a, a bypass. But there is one horse, just for the purpose of this podcast, um, that I'll be looking into, and that's Pending Appeal in the 7.15 at Lingfield. This is actually quite an intriguing Phillies novice race. There's a horse trained by Archie Watson in here called Dragon Glory. She finished second first time up behind a horse called Believing, but that came on the all-weather. Believing missed five lengths at the start and still managed to win the race. I think Believing is talented, but I don't think the opposition um, was, and that includes Dragon Glory. Dragon Glory, I imagine, will go a favourite uh, just based on the fact that she finished first uh, second first time up. Penning Appeal ran in a much, much better Goodwood novice event. Um, finished fifth that day under Jamie Spencer, but was ridden with tender handling, never really asked for maximum effort, and stuck on really well close to home, just under hands and heels. I think she's going to take a huge step forward. And being trained by Charlie Hills against an Archie Watson-trained two-year-old, I think you're going to get a decent price. So pending appeal in the 7.15 at Lingfield. Pending appeal at four. Tom, I'm going to ditch English racing, but I'm going to give you one in the French Derby on on Saturday, uh, Sunday, the Pretty Jockey Club, uh, with Aidan O'Brien's The Acropolis, who it will be a big price. If he's anywhere sort of above 25 to 1, 25 to 1, then I think that's a great price. I think he should be about 14s or so. But last time around in the French 2000 behind Modern Games, no run whatsoever. You had to be towards the four. Generally, that was the way of things that weekend 
at um, at Longchamp, but he came from the back and, and managed to get into ninth. But Ryan Moore never asked him whatsoever. I've long thought this sort of trip will suit the Acropolis. He, he started off last year over six furlongs. He went off six to one for the Coventry, and he ran all right for a, a way. He was ninth in, in that, but he tried out seven furlongs as well. He just looks like a horse to be screaming out for this sort of trip. He has entered as well in the Irish Derby, so a mile and a half is clearly on the mind sort of connections, but I think the Acropolis and the Prix de Jockey Club, he, he's just a bit too big uh, over at, um, at Shanti, so I'll play him uh, each way. Uh, they're the two non-US selections. We'll, we'll recap everything at the end of the, um, of the pod. One question uh, this week, uh, this is one I don't think we got to last week, but it was from David. Uh, it says, what effect do sloppy tracks have if artificial tracks are normally described as standard slash slow anyway? Yeah, it's a very good question. And actually, it could be pertinent to this week if all the races at Belmont are taken off the turf. Um, sloppy track is different, on, obviously, on the dirt compared to the artificial tracks that we get over here, Polytrack and Tapita. A standard to slow artificial surface over here would soak up and, and drain the water far quicker um, than the dirt would in America. So... The fact it's considered standard to slow is, you know, you'll still see a dry track out there. Um, generally, there's no like, standing water or anything. Whereas in the States on a sloppy track, it's wet. If you have a muddy track in the States, that's more like the standard to slow over here. Muddy track and standard to slow require more stamina. Sloppy track usually favours the speed horses because standing water is going to play quick up front. Massive kickback. Obviously, we don't have the same kind of kickback on our kind of surfaces at the moment compared to the dirt. So there's the big difference. I think with... It's, it's really important to notice on the on the sloppy surfaces when these races are taken off the turf, you have to look at form that of horses that have previously um, won or run well on sloppy tracks. Over here, a horse could easily go from grass to tapita or you know poly track and go and win. Um, they handle multiple uh, conditions, but it's really unlikely, in my opinion, that a horse who has won all his races on fast dirt track and disappoints on sloppy can then go and win on sloppy. I think it's very um, unique and, and a kind of surface that a horse doesn't necessarily want. So you want to find that proven form on a sloppy or muddy track, horses that handle the wet conditions and definitely front runners or prominent racers. Yeah, I mean, it's very unique. A horse handles dirt and turf, never mind anything else. You have the likes of Animal Kingdom, War of Will, we saw a few yeah. years ago. Um, the, the, there, there aren't many at the top level that can, that can do both. But yeah, sloppy track. Also watch out, if you're watching racing on a sloppy track, sometimes the inside rail can just become an absolute puddle. Uh, literally a puddle it would just be standing water some tracks do drain faster than others we mentioned on an earlier pod that churchill downs just drains like that and it, it, it's just gone within about an hour but um yeah some tracks belmont being one of them uh, and also aqueduct when it does rain it, it really does rain and, and it sits on the, the top so watch out for that at belmont on saturday hopefully it won't be too bad but we are expecting a fair bit of um of rain uh, don't forget by the way uh, new sbk customers will get 30 pounds in free bets by depositing at 10 pounds t's and c's uh, do apply you can put that on whatever you want uh, racing wise go for the derby for the oaks for whatever as long as you make the account you get uh, 30 pounds in free bets by depositing at 10 pounds tom just repeat selections for us Yes, Emmanuel in the Pennine Ridge. This is the 10-12 at Belmont on Saturday night. As I say, I like him if this race remains on turf or switches to dirt. I think he's a leading player. He could be run down by unanimous consent if it's on turf, but I'm happy to take him at the prices. And the only UK selection is pending appeal in the 7-15 at Lingfield. Hopefully she goes off a nice price with the Archie Watson train Dragon Glory in the field. And then Therefore, she can take a big step forward from Goodwin and prove a value winner. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the UK racing this week. I'm gonna go to France for the Prix de Jockey Club uh, with the Acropolis. 
Metropolis. He's, a, I think, a big each-way player. And Eliza uh, in the uh, the Pennine Ridge, I think, is a, a, a player as well for Christoph Clement and Joel Rosario. Uh, like Tom, I, I think unanimous consent is the best horse in the race, sort of long-term, but Eliza hopefully, on, on US debut, can get the job done. But that's all we've got time for uh, on the, uh, the pod uh, this uh, week. Uh, small matter next week, Tom, of the Belmont Stakes, with Mo Donegal O'Clock upcoming, <laughs> but we'll, um, we'll get to that in a, in a week's time. Uh, for now, hopefully, we can we can find an American winner. Yeah, I'm going to have to find my Mo Donegal uh, merchandise to wear. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to find a scarf or something we can put on the pod in the background. We're going to be team Mo Donegal next week, but uh, we'll go into that race into much more depth um, on this show next week. Hopefully, as you say, we get a couple of winners this week. We need that elusive US winner. This stays on the turf. We should, hopefully. Fingers crossed, get one. We don't need a Modonagal scarf. Just get a JP McManus scarf and put it on the back <laughs> no, or something like that. It, it's the same colours, same colours, but we don't. We won't go into the race any deeper because that's all we need. We've been saying it for weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Modonagal next week. Tom, uh, thank you very much for, for this week. Thanks, Luke. Best of luck. Uh, we'll see you guys in a, a week time. Don't forget, you can get this podcast on all major uh, podcast platforms. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, you will be able to find us. But until next week, have a very uh, good week. Stay safe. Look after another. Goodbye. Goodbye.